My name is Dulce Valencia and welcome to Telenovelas con Dulce, the podcast where each week I guide you through the dramatic world of telenovelas, covering everything from the plot, the insults, the secret twins, and the unforgettable love stories in between. This is a podcast made for telenovela lovers just like me. My name is Dulce Valencia and welcome back to Telenovelas con Dulce, the podcast where every week we dive in to the world of telenovelas. On this week's episode, I'm going to be covering a telenovela called El Dragón. But before we get started, a reminder, I will be covering some incredible telenovelas coming up like Senda Prohibida, La Madrastra, Destilando Amor, and more. If you have any comments, let me know uh, either by commenting on this video if you're watching on YouTube or also Spotify lets you submit comments, which is incredible. Uh, I got one the other day and I was like, wait, what? Where did this come from? So if you're listening to this on Spotify, go ahead and comment below or I don't know. Uh, anyway, let's just go ahead and get started. El Dragón or The Return of the Warrior was a telenovela produced by Carlos Bardasano's W Studios in collaboration with Lemon Studios for Televisa. It premiered in 2019 on both Univision and Netflix and featured two seasons, which is not typical of telenovelas in the past, but I think more and more telenovelas have been doing seasons since they become, some of them become very popular, so it's almost like series. The series was created by Arturo Pérez Reverte, who famously wrote La Reina del Sur for Telemundo. So we got we got a master at the helm here. The show features a mix of drama, action, and romance, and at the time was dubbed as Televisa's most ambitious project yet. The series was shot on location in Japan, Spain, Mexico, and the United States, making it a truly international series and stars Sebastián Rulli as a leading role and features performers like Renata Notni, Cynthia Clipo, Irena Baeva, Mauricio Pimental, Cassandra Sanchez, Juan Pablo Gil, and many, many more. We have a, this, this, we had, in the way the series works, there were so many supporting characters and characters that would pop up in one episode. You would kind of forget about them, but that they would show up episodes later. So there was, there was a really great Great cast on this show. Uh, this high-budget, action-packed series tells the story of Miguel Garza, played by Sebastián Rulli, who is caught between two worlds. One centers in his childhood in Ciudad Jiménez, Mexico, where a traumatic event forced him to move out and leave the world he knew behind. Um, but also he's called back to it because there's a family business he is destined to inherit. And the other world is the world he was thrown into, a world of sophistication. And in Japan, where he has become a martial arts expert and a successful financier after living there for 20 years. Now let's dive into a little bit of fun facts. This uh, this show, Telenovela, was shot on location, which meant Sebastián Rulli oftentimes was flying just week to week to different places. Like one week he would be in Japan, the next in, in Madrid. So there was a very, very ambitious filming schedule. Uh, he also performed his own stunts. I mean, most telenovelas aren't action-packed, so, you know, there's there's a few stunts here and there. In this one, there are there there are more stunts just because of the nature of the show, and he decided to perform his own stunts. This is also the second time Sebastián Rulli is in a telenovela with Renata Notni. 
The first time was when she was a literal child and actually played his stepdaughter in a telenovela called Un Gancho al Corazón. I don't know if y'all remember it. I, I, I used to watch that when I was younger, uh, but there's a significant age difference between Renata Notni and Sebastián Rulli, who play now in this telenovela the main characters and love interests, so... You know, the telenovela, when it premiered, it positioned itself in the top 10 worldwide on Netflix in Mexico, which means it was pretty successful. Uh, the show had two seasons and there were talks about a third season, but that just has not happened. And at this point, it's likely it won't. Although with, with telenovelas, there's always a chance that 10 years down the line, they might want to reboot it. Uh, so now let's let's go ahead and set the stage for this telenovela. The this show, as I mentioned, tells the story of the Garza family. Miguel is at the head of this, and it introduces us to 12 years in the past where Miguel and his two siblings, Chisca and Jorge, are kids. He's the oldest, he's 12 years old, and he's with his parents, and they're going to a party. And on the way to this party, they are intercepted and uh, his parents are unalived right in front of him. And he and his siblings are rescued because the car they're in explodes and they're rescued and they are sent off to live with his grandfather, Lamberto Garza. And Lamberto is a man who is in charge of the Garza family business in Ciudad Jimenez, which is not a legal business. Um, it is a drug trade, a drug trade, and uh, he runs it. And so because of that, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of danger and things that can happen. So he decides when he, he gets his grandkids that he's going to send Miguel off to Japan because he has a friend there. So he just carts him off to Japan. He sends Chiska, who's um, the only the only daughter, uh, to Spain so that that's where she'll get her education. And he only keeps the youngest, Jorge, with him. Jorge was really traumatized by seeing his parents be unalived in front of him. So he doesn't speak and he has like a little bit of um, just psychological issues that probably never get taken care of. And uh, yeah, so they grow up apart from each other. And so the series kicks off uh, 20 years later. So now Miguel is living in Japan and he's a successful finance guy. He works in stocks and trades. I do not understand the world a whole lot, but, you know, I know a little bit about it. But he he trades and that's that's his business. He's very successful at it. And he also has a girlfriend named Asia. They're very much in love and they, they even want to get married. He proposes to her and they want to have kids and do the whole thing. They're very much in love. Everything's perfect. But because this is a telenovela, perfection does not last. So at the beginning, he gets a call from Dora. Dora is played by Cynthia Clipo and is the wife of his grandfather. And ooh, an incredible character, by the way. I very much enjoyed her character. She calls him and is like, Miguel, your grandfather calls for you. He is dying. So you have to come back to Mexico. So for the first time in 20 years, Miguel is going to go back to Mexico, to Ciudad Jimenez, and confront his past as he grapples with his future. So while going back to Mexico, el abuelo, like he's dying, and he tells him that he's the only one that can run the family business. Now at this point, Miguel has lived his life in Japan and is very much removed from, you know, from cartels, from the world of, of drug trades. 
but he is also very ambitious. So when he sees a challenge, he just takes it on. The only thing that's keeping him in Japan at this point and why he doesn't, I guess, jump right away to this is his girlfriend slash fiance, Asia. But uh, again, this is a telenovela, so things are going to happen. So Asia, before Miguel leaves to Mexico, is like, you know, I can't go because she has a job that she has to do. She's a photographer. She's like, it's okay, just go. I'll be fine. I'm going to actually go to the doctor and get some studies done because they're thinking about having a kid. So she wants to make sure that everything is uh, in check. Everything is fine. This is a telenovela, so of course nothing is well. So while he's gone, Asia finds out that she has a terminal illness and that she's going to die. And she decides not to tell Miguel. So when he returns, he finds that Asia has unalived herself and has left in his note, you know, tells her his, tells him her reasons. She didn't want to tie him down. He didn't, she didn't want him to see her suffer and, you know, slowly die. So she just unalives herself and this sends Miguel on a spiral. He is not okay, but he also shuts his heart out. Um, for women forever and that's and that's where we begin so he goes back to Ciudad Jimenez and he he assembles this ragtag group of misfits to help him run his new family business and he decides to run the cartel different than it used to so instead of like dealing with drugs he's he there's like a plot point where he's developing like this new type of um of drug that's not that like has none of the none of the downfalls of regular drugs and he's trying to introduce that into the market but he's also using his skills as a stockbroker and he is also money laundering through that so there's a whole lot of things that he's doing and to do this he assembles you know his ragtag group of misfits and this was actually one of my favorite parts of the telenovela was just all these different characters coming together. It was it was really, really well done in my opinion. So yeah, his his grandfather dies. That happens. Um, so Miguel inherits the the family business, which puts him at odds with this man named Lamberto, who will not Lamberto, that's his grandfather, uh Epigmenio, who we will talk about a little bit more, uh, because he is our ultimate big bad villain. But before that, Miguel is, you know, getting the handles, get, taking reins of this new business, and so he assembles a team, and that includes uh, Trejo, who is a fellow businessman who comes with him from Japan. He is also Mexican, I believe. I believe. Um, I actually have to double-check on that. Uh, but I believe he's, like, also Mexican because when Miguel goes back to Mexico, Trejo is like, oh, my God, I miss Mexico. Of course I'll go with you. So he goes with Miguel. Uh, Ishiro, who is a skilled fighter, also joins them a little bit more down the road. He is uh, a fighter, and I think it's like the Yakuza that he works for. There's there's a little there's a lot of moments of I believe I believe um, are uh, what's the word? Oh my god, I'm blanking on the word, but it's not a good thing. Um, oh my god, I can't believe I'm blanking on the word. Hold up, it's gonna come to me. We're just gonna cut to where I finally realize the word cultural appropriation there's a lot of moments of cultural appropriation specifically with japanese culture uh which i think ishido represents because he it's very much reverts japan to what any foreigner like i would say 20 maybe even 30 years ago would think japan is like it reduces it to martial arts and fighting and the yakuza so that's that's one of the problems i had with this telenovela um 
that part and also because Miguel has spent 20 years growing up he's integrated himself into this culture and I don't think they handle that really well because he become I don't know there's a lot of moments where I think of like just cultural appropriation and almost like cartoonification of Japan as a country and as a culture uh, but anyway we'll get we'll get to that in a little bit but Ishiro joins them Uh, as well as El Flaco and Kenya, who are two tech-savvy hackers. Kenya has a dark past, so just keep that in mind. We're also joined by Peligros, who used to work for his his uh, his grandfather and who is my MVP. He's my favorite character. I mean, just imagine a name like Peligros, but also he is played by Mauricio Pimental, who has like almost a teddy bear, teddy bear qualities to himself. So I was like... If something happens to Peligros, like, I will never forgive this show. Uh, he was he was my favorite character, I think, in the series. So he's one of Miguel's team. Uh, he's also joined by Jimena, who is played by Irina Baeva and is also one of our villains. Um, she's beautiful, very much interested in Miguel. But again, Miguel has sworn off women. But here's the thing. Okay, so he's sworn off women, but... That just means in terms of love. In terms of other things, like, he he is more than happy to seduce women. And he does that in the, sh in the show, in the telenovela, through many different points when he's trying to, you know, do his job and get things done. Um, and Jimena's one of them. So, yeah, Jimena works for him, but there's also, like, a relationship blossoming between them. But it's very much... It's very much surface level. There's no deepness to it. He's, again, shut himself off from love. But then this taxista, Adela, joins the team as well. And Adela is our protagonist. She is our hero. She is played by the incredible Renata Notni. And oh, let me just take a moment to appreciate the character of Adela. Because I think that she is the anti-typical telenovela main character and by that i mean that she is uh you know she's still a good person obviously because like every telenovela heroine unless they're an anti-hero like teresa or ruby every telenovela main character has to be good and adela is absolutely but she's also allowed to have so much more to her i mean she is a taxi driver so she becomes kind of like the getaway driver for a lot of the things which i think is a really cool reversal of roles because When you think of getaway driver, you think of a male character most of the time. And here we have female characters stepping into that role. So it's a reversal of roles that I think is very well done. But also she's allowed... One thing that I really appreciate is that she's allowed to date. And I feel like in telenovelas, especially the ones I grew up in, you often have, you know, your female character and she's always head over heels in love with our protagonist, uh, our male protagonist. And while the male protagonist is allowed to, you know, sleep around and have all these flings and everything, that doesn't go with the female character. And the female character is supposed to be pure. And even if she does, like, you know, try to have a relationship with someone else, it's always established that she, her one true love is the main character and that's it. And it never goes beyond just, like, a kiss. And that does not happen with Adela, which I found like such a breath of fresh air. In the series, Adela's character does go on to date someone else because, again, since Miguel is shut off from love and he realizes that the spark that he has with Adela is very much 
deeper than just physical attraction. He shuts himself away from that. So they're very much friends and they have like this really great back and forth and uh, and everything. So like a really natural relationship is developing between them. And there's a point where Adela is just like, why don't you sleep with me? Like, why do you sleep with all these other women and you've never even like hinted at wanting to sleep with me? Which is so forward. And also Miguel is like, well, you know, like, you know, he explains his reasonings and explains how with the other woman, it's literally very physical. And with her, he's scared of the deep love. He shares like his past with Asia and how that kind of shut him out of love. And Adela totally understands, but she's also not going to wait around for him. So she dates, she meets this other guy. I believe his name is Angel. I could be mistaken, but he, she meets this other guy. They date, they... You know, they have a full relationship and at the end it doesn't work because of Adela's job and because she realizes, you know, like, it's just it's just not there. Like, she does, like, care for him and there's, like, a level of love, but it's just not there and she so they break up. But they're still allowed to have a relationship and she's allowed to explore those feelings she has in every single way. And I love that so much. Adela, Adela, if you're watching, just kidding. Once I talk about the finale, you'll understand why that's so funny um, for me. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, she's she's a breath of fresh air. So I love this. So we have this whole setup of Miguel running this business with his team. Uh, and then Epic Menio being the big bad villain. He, again, used to work for his grandfather. And he doesn't like the way that Miguel is running things. So he severs relationships with um, with the cartel and he decides to run his own operations and do this very very badly and just you know he's he's our big bad and so in the midst of this Adela and Miguel's love story is developing one thing I'll mention from Miguel is again because he's so shut off from love and everything and the pain he felt when he, you know, not just saw his parents be unalived in front of him, but also the pain he feels and trauma from Asia's uh, unaliving herself, uh, he never cries. Remember that. Remember that as we get into the end. So, obviously, there's a million, million, million things that happen throughout this telenovela that I will not, I do not have the time to cover. Uh, it's one of those things that I definitely... De- recommend you all go check it out and watch it I mean I'm gonna say this about every single telenovela I cover y'all should go and watch this but this one is available on Netflix there's only like 80 something episodes in total which makes it a much more bingeable watch and uh, because it's on Netflix it also has subtitles so for all my non-Spanish speakers who listen to this podcast I know you all are out there uh, this is something that you can check out on Netflix. I'm not sure if it's available in other countries, but uh, definitely like in the U.S. slash Mexico, you can find this this series and I recommend you watch it. But some little top lines that y'all should know. There's so much betrayal in this telenovela. So I mentioned Miguel's team, right? And how they're like, I love them. They're amazing. They're incredible. Yeah, half of them betray him. Uh, Kenya betrays him, but she has like a really tragic tragic past she's she has a new name and she was involved with like some some people that committed like domestic terrorism so because of that though she lies and is in cahoots with i think it's a big menu or this other guy anyway the thing is that she ends up being unalived by ishiro because on miguel's orders which i actually that's one of my beefs i have with this show i don't think that kenya deserved that but uh but that happens so she betrays him 
Jimena also betrays him, but that comes more towards the end, and it's when things are just going off the walls. Uh, but he never goes after her, which, again, was one of my problems, because I was like, okay, you went after Kenya, but not Jimena. Jimena was worse. Jimena betrays him. His brother, Jorge, also betrays him. This, though, comes because of Kenya's unalivement, because Jorge had a relationship with her, and... Uh, and so when this happens, he just emotionally shuts down and he betrays Miguel and gives, what's his name, Epigmenio, the location where they're staying and they're hiding. And Epigmenio goes in and it's it's a slaughter, y'all. Yeah, Miguel's family is basically decimated. The only ones that remain alive are Dora and Jorge. So Chisca gets unalived, which is really tragic because her and Ishiro were developing like this really beautiful relationship. Her arc is one of my favorites in the telenovela, and I know I didn't talk about it, but it's one of those things you'll go if you do and want to enjoy this. Um, you, it's very worth the watch. She has like this beautiful arc that goes from spoiled, spoiled rich girl to like more, more layered and human character uh and she she is unalived because of jorge and uh yeah miguel almost gets unalived but he is able to be saved rosario who is their mayordomo from the house also gets unalived he's also one of my favorite characters in the series um yeah there's a slaughter fest and it's all jorge's fault because he betrayed miguel so now getting to the finale so the finale is miguel's team finally pulls off one of like their last jobs and things are going well, it seems, because now they're going to have a huge payout and are going to be able to leave leave this all behind and lead the lives they want. So, you know, Trejo, El Flaco, like they, they run off and like have their, their best lives. And, you know, uh, Jimena, not Jimena, Jimena, she, she ran away. Uh, Adela and Miguel, they buy a private island, as one does when you have a lot of money. And they're going to live there and they're going to, you know, finally give love a chance. They're very much in love at this point. They're going to get married. They have all these plans for the future. Adela wants to have kids, which is a big thing for Miguel. And so they're going to have this great future. And Epigmenio, the big bad at this point, is now in prison. And things are looking great. Except we're now in the final episode. And of course, if things look great, Right before the final episode, you know that they're not going to stay great. So that's exactly what happens. In the final episode, Epigmenio escapes prison and he kidnaps Adela. Miguel goes and tries to rescue her, but he gets stabbed. And so he's bleeding out, he's dying, and Epigmenio is running away with Adela tied up in handcuffs in the passenger seat. So they're driving and then Adela does something that has been debated of whether she should have done this. She kicks the wheel, the steering wheel, and forces the car to swerve. And when she does, the car explodes, killing both her and Epic Menu as Miguel has been hobbling by trying to, uh, to, to rescue her. So he sees this all happen, and Adela is gone. And yeah, <laughs> this, oh, the decision to kill off your main character is never one that's going to land well with fans, but this one hurt. I I think from uh, from a story perspective, I understand why it had to happen, but it hurts. So Miguel, the series ends with Miguel in the private island that they were going to live, 
and he hears Adela's voice, sees her spirit, and he replays a conversation he had with her where she tells him how he needs to let things out and let things, and you know, and let his emotions out and cry. And that's what he does. So the series ends with Miguel crying on the beach alone because Adela is gone. And that is the end. So yeah, so this 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 telenovela had a lot of great things, a lot of great action, a lot of great twists, suspense. Every episode I was hooked, I was there. Um, things I didn't like, obviously, were the cultural appropriation slash reducing Japan as very much, you know, kind of like a cartoonish version of itself. But I did love the character development. I loved Adela's character in particular. I loved Peligros. I loved... I love Sebastián Rulli's performance in this show. If if not for his performance, I don't think it would have worked because the series relies a lot on him, not only as an actor, but also like creating this character who's supposed to be kind of like super ambitious. That's ultimately, that's ultimately his, his downfall is his ambition because there were many moments where he could have pulled out and just lived a quiet life, a quiet successful life, I might add, because he was always wealthy and he you know, had a successful career in Japan. So he could have always gone back to that. Oh my God, I can't believe I didn't mention something. So something that happens also in the finale, it's revealed that Epigmenio is responsible for the murder of his parents. So we find out that his that his grandfather actually planned the attack because he thought that his son had betrayed him. And so he planned the attack, but it was because Epigmenio had told him. And that ends up being a lie and Miguel finds that out. So it's this whole thing. Um, which again shows just how far ambition will take you. And it kind of mirrors the same betrayal that happens between Jorge and Miguel in the finale, which ultimately leads to the death of Chisca and ultimately the death of Adela. So there's a lot of betrayal that happens, but it's all a result of Miguel's ambition and not pulling it back. And so that is... The, that is the telenovela, that is a show. Again, there were so many wonderful moments. This is a series that just captivated me from start to finish. And I am kind of glad that there's not a third season because I cannot imagine the show going on without Renata Notni, who also MVP gave an incredible performance and just, again, a breath of fresh air in terms of protagonists. And that is the end of this episode of this video. Thank you all so much for watching. And coming up, I'm going to be going back in time. And I'm very excited to be covering the very first Mexican telenovela. If you're not familiar, it's called Senda Prohibida. So next week, I will see you again for that one. And yeah, that's it. Take care, y'all. Bye.